Hi everybody, it's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. I'm a vestibular audiologist and a neuroplasticity therapist. And I work with people who have all forms of complex vestibular conditions or audiology conditions specifically focused on healing, vertigo, dizziness and tinnitus. So many of my clients are told, you know, there's no cure, there's nothing you can do, blah, blah, blah. And my role is to really re-educate people about the power of neuroplasticity, which is our body's capacity to change the way it connects neurons. And how while it's true, doctors and audiologists and physiotherapists and health professionals cannot do that for us. So they can't cure us. That is true. There's a lot we can do in ourselves, in our, in our life, in our decisions, in our choices that help us to retrain our body and actually reset these sensory distortions so that we can go back to normal living. So neuroplasticity is very powerful for these conditions and it is my absolute pleasure to support people through their healing journeys. Everyone is different and I, you know, I'm lucky enough to meet people from all over the world. Today, I want to introduce you to Carolyn, who's calling in from the US, and she had an experience of tinnitus, and she's going to share her journey with us, and she's going to share a little bit about what neuroplasticity felt like for her, how she, I suppose, found the process, and what healing feels like for her. So, Carolyn, welcome to the call. Thank you. Do you want to tell the listeners just a little bit about, I suppose, the beginnings, the onset of, of hearing your body and the stress and the distress and, you know, introduce us to you back then because you're a new person now. But what was it like for you, let's say, a year ago? Oh, it was very, very stressful. Um, I was, you know, losing sleep. I was um, running to doctors, um, you know, the audiologist, the ear, nose and throat doctor, um, acupuncturists, um, and I was having a lot of fear of like loud noises and going to loud places. Um, so really just not, not in a good place. And it was just running my life with the anxiety that it was causing. Yeah. So, um, I was definitely looking for something to help me through all this. And then I started doing some online research and that's when I found actually your videos mm -hmm. and started listening to some of the testimonials. And then I saw your seven day trial and so I did that and it, it really did help me just doing the seven day trial. And then um, from there just decided to invest more time in it and do the um, rock steady program and private client program. Yeah. And so talk me through a little bit. What was the message you were getting? You think in the beginning, was it kind of like get on with it, ignore it, deal with it. And how did you transition from that kind of, because it, it, it can feel really helpless. I've been there as well, you know, booking in the next appointment and you end up running around between appointments and it's almost like we don't have time to see our friends or do things we love because just surviving in daily life and managing all these appointments eats up our time. So how did you make that shift from that goose chase of looking for a cure and a fix into going, well, actually, I'm going to do a self-study program online and take control of this myself. Can you talk a little bit about that transition? Um, sure. Well, I think that, um, you know, there weren't really any good solutions out there except for looking within. Um, I didn't really want to wear, I think, one of the um, 
the uh, audiologist had like some noise I could put in my like a hearing aid and I didn't really want to do that and anyway there, there weren't a lot of good solutions which um, except for yours and then just trying yours for a little bit really helped me feel a little more calm and less anxious about everything so I think it was just um, you know, while I was going through the bad part of it, it was just like, that was all I could focus on. That's all I thought about. And it was running my life. And then when I finally started to kind of work through it and think I, you know, this isn't forever and I can do something about this. And, you know, it's not all bad. Like you say, I mean, it's listening to your body and it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. So just kind of stepping back and stepping out of it um, by some of the coaching that you did to kind of help me realize, you know, it's not always a bad thing. It's just your body talking to you and it's normal. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you. So I think accepting that helped me a lot just to, to not be so anxious about it. And I'm curious, I actually don't know the answer to this one, so it's not a loaded question. Um, did you have much experience with any form of yoga or meditation or spiritual work before meeting me and doing my program? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I'm Catholic and I go to mass, but I don't do a lot of meditation or, um, you know, exercises or, I, or, you know, deep breathing like I should. So no, I wasn't doing much of that. Well, the reason I ask is because I just wonder if there's people out there who are exploring solutions and they're a bit intimidated by the, the concept of inner work and self-development and spirituality that's actually separate from religion, organized institutional religion. And I'm curious, given that you came from a more religious background and um, I suppose you didn't necessarily have practice or exposure to yoga practices or meditation practices. How did you find the seven day program and the rock steady? Was that a big leap for you or was it nice and simple and practical and easy to learn? How did you go with that? I thought it was pretty easy to learn. Um, I mean, I'd probably dabbled in yoga and a little bit of meditation before, but I, I kind of probably helped me um, realize that I really needed to slow down and, you know, try some of these things. And especially when I was going through so much stress, because it really did help me calm down and helped my tinnitus calm down. So I definitely saw immediate benefit from it. And so I, I you know, started doing it more to help with the anxiety. Yeah, that was actually my next question was how long did it take you to feel benefit? But it was almost immediate. So once you started engaging in the practice, you did you notice you could learn to almost settle your own nervous system and quite literally quieten down your body by using those practices? Yes, yes. It definitely took it from like a 10 down to a, you know, three, um, maybe from a 10 to a five initially, and then over time down to a three where it's such a baseline level that, you know, I have to kind of like look for it to hear it. So, I mean, it's not that it's gone. It's just that it's not bothersome anymore and it doesn't cause me stress. Perfect. And it's also, it's also like it can be a little bit likened to the idle of a car. You know, when you turn your car on and there's that pop, 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 pop of the, the mechanics and the motor. 
tinnitus sounds in our body are a little bit like that. It's like when our engine's running and our heart's beating and our muscles are moving and our blood's flowing and there's this, all this mechanical movement and miraculous neurology going on. There is like a baseline body sound. And if we really look for it, nine out of 10 people can hear it. So it actually is happening. We're not trying to get rid of it or judge it or label it or abnormalize it. We're actually saying the car's allowed to idle. Like it's not something I have to waste psychological energy on or distress. My car is allowed to make sound when it's on. And I think that's the transition is suddenly we're like, oh, this is allowed to be there. So we stop trying to push it away, resist it, change it, get rid of it, fix it, cure it. And with that level of acceptance and compassion and also just scientific understanding, the brain reassesses it and it's the brain takes that 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 tinnitus sound away from the fight flight fear sections um and it shifts it over into the boring benign normal no further action required parts of our brain so it emotionally actually resets in our body and it sounds like you got that quite early on I did. Yes. I would say, um, just going through the seven day trial helps me a lot. Um, and then starting the program obviously helps me kind of dive in deeper to other issues that were going on and listening to my internal, you know, emotions and, and what was maybe causing some of this. Yeah. So first of all, it was like, we do need that bandaid fix. We kind of need something to help us get our sanity back. And then I think for those people who are willing to go a bit deeper, they, like yourself, they'll, they'll actually say, okay, well, why did this happen in the first place? And is there any wisdom in this for me? And so as you went through the Rocksteady program, and for those of you listening who don't know what that is, you can just jump on my website and learn about it. But it is a 12-week comprehensive support program for learning about neuroplasticity. And it's specifically for helping reset and rewire our neurons so that we feel the way we want to feel. So it actually doesn't matter what your diagnosis is. People could have vestibular conditions, vertigo conditions, dizzy conditions, or tinnitus conditions. The diagnosis doesn't matter. The program is about resetting, rewiring, and healing. So we're moving forwards away from diagnosis and moving forwards into saying, well, what? how do I want to support my body? Um, so as you went through that rock steady process and you're saying, well, how do I support my body? Can you remember some key elements or key turning points in terms of gaining clarity of what did healing mean for you and what direction were you taking? Do you want to share a little bit of that? Sure. I mean, I think it was, um, you know, with your help really looking to, you know, how I'm spending my time, how busy I was, um, my relationships and you know what was causing me stress and how I can really work through those things or change things to where you know the stress isn't running my life I'm doing the things that are important to me and aligned with my values mm -hmm. so um, you really helped me with that just you know figure out okay where what are my values and where I'm spending my time is that aligning and you know, what can I do to, you know, just be more calm and more grounded and more centered and spend time with the people I want to spend time with and um, not just be racing through the day, just checking off a bunch of things on a to-do list. So um, you help me with that. I think I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist and um, don't really show a lot of my emotions and hold it all in. And so it can cause me a lot of anxiety because at some point I just sort of can't take it anymore. And yeah. so being able to 
kind of step back and, and look at, you know, globally what's going on and getting out of your day to day helps me a lot. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you remember? So, so part of healing can be lifestyle changes and reconnecting to our values. And there's actually heaps of stuff on the internet. People could freely research on connecting to values and making values based decisions, which is not a bad place to start actually. But to really engage with neuroplasticity, it's about saying, what do I feel and what do I want to feel? And do you remember going through that process of, I think I remember doing some of this work with you in session and it's almost like, oh gosh, I didn't even know what was inside of me. I've never really looked. And so it's this like kind of wow process. And do you remember what your goal, like your desired feelings were and have you noticed they've changed over time? So just for for example's sake, a lot of my clients will start by seeking to feel inner peace or at ease in their body instead of this hatred in their body. Do you remember what your initial desired feelings were and have they changed over the last year? Oh, sorry. I um, My initial feelings, I think I, I wanted just calm and peace and happiness, mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and, and yeah, I think in general, I mean, I still, there's obviously still stress points where I don't feel that mm -hmm. at times, but, but I think like I have a better perspective of like, okay, you know, listen to your body and there's something going on and you know, why is it I'm feeling this way? Like, I think I'm just a more in tune with my feelings, whereas before I was more disconnected with them. Yeah. So I think you helped me to try and, um, connect more with my what my body's trying to say instead of disconnecting and then also um just like if there is a bad feeling or something you want to get rid of you know how to deal with that too um that was a really helpful exercise of you know visualizing that and, and getting that out of your body so that helped a lot if there was just you know something that you didn't know and then you just wanted it to go away <laughs> yeah and it is it's really useful to have that resource toolkit because the reality is as human beings it's almost a certainty we're going to experience some kind of guilt shame anger, frustration, anxiety, somewhere along the lines. We have to be realistic. And that's where I think having the skills to say, well, if and when it happens, I actually know what to do, then we can sleep easy and we can relax because we're no longer going, well, what if it happens? And what if it comes back? And what if I can't handle it? It's like, no, I can handle it. And when it comes back, I'm going to be okay. Like That's a really nice space to be in. I, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a... It's just this feeling of being resourced and prepared. Can you relate to, 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 to that's probably the slow bit, right? So that feeling prepared and resourced is probably the bit that takes time, that takes months. Mm -hmm. Can do you want to share a little bit about how that felt for you in terms of feeling vulnerable, feeling nervous, and then gradually going, oh, I've got this skill now, I've got this tool now, um, I'm handling things better. Do you want to share a little bit about that learning process? Um, sure, sure. I, I think it was just, um, you know, it was a gratifying process that it wasn't so unknown and scary or what do I do with this? It was, you know, learning how to deal with it. So when you do feel it, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to last forever and it's normal and, and just not having this, all the stress around it and just knowing how to deal with it. So I guess the whole thing was just very freeing because um, 
you know, just having more tools of how to deal with these things when they come up was really helpful for me. Did you, um, I can't remember exactly from our conversations, but did you notice that your tinnitus went up and down with arising emotions? Did you find that they were linked? Sometimes, yes. Not all the time. I mean, sometimes, yes. And sometimes I couldn't find a correlation. So um, I'd say it was kind of intermittent. And even sometimes now, I'll randomly hear like a really loud sound, but it won't last that long. But it, it doesn't worry me because I know it'll go away. Self resolves. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, that's where it's like I like to sometimes compare this process to learning to become a really crafty or master fisherman. It's like we don't always use the same fishing rod and the same line and the same sinker and the same bait and depending on the weather and the tides and the location, we have to really pick and choose what we're going to need based on our goal. And it could also be on different days, we're actually wanting to, to lure in different species of fish. And I think it's the same with understanding our sensations and emotions in our body because they often do work together as a team. Emotions will create sensations and some of those emotions are very pleasurable. And sometimes emotions create very unpleasant sensations. And then also we can have sensations that come and go with very neutral emotions, so close to no emotion, and other times sensations come on with huge panic or catastrophe and big emotions. So a little bit like that fisherman, we have to be able to pick and choose and use our different skills, tools, and resources to figure out, okay, well, how can I best approach this today? What am I feeling? What's real for me? What's showing up? How can I support my body and really drop back into reality instead of disconnect, like you explained earlier? And when we disconnect, we tend to ignore what we feel and do what we think we should do. So we live in this world of obligation and should. Well, I should feel this and I should do this. And that is completely opposite and contrary to healing. So what we're learning to do is to connect into, okay, what's really going on? What am I really sensing and feeling? How can I meet that and support that using my tools? And then once I come back to the ground, it's like, okay, well, what do I want to feel now? What can I generate? What can I cultivate? I've got this whole world in front of me. Do I want to seek adventure, courage, joy, confidence? There's, you know, such a broad range of choices and options once we have the clarity to actually choose. And I think I'd love to hear your perspective on this, Carolyn. I think sometimes before we know neuroplasticity or understand we even have a choice, we're like a ping pong ball and life's just throwing us around and we're reactive and we feel what we feel and we don't choose it. It's just, you know, it's almost like we're the, the victim. And if we have a good day, it's like we're lucky. And if we right. have a bad day, it's like, oh, well, you know, that's unfair. Why me? Whereas this process actually teaches us to say, okay, well, this is the reality of what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going to do about it because I'm proactive and prepared. And now I've resettled myself down. I can choose what I want to feel and cultivate it because I know how to create that firing system in myself. Right. And that's the whole taking our power back. Do you have any aha moments of that for you where you might've taken a sticky or pickly situation, grounded yourself and then perhaps activated calm or whatever it was you were working on in your daily practice or your kind of homework? Oh, um, yes, yes, I think. Um, so you want a specific situation or? If you can remember one that you're, that you're happy to share, obviously, you know, whatever okay. you're comfortable sharing. Okay. Um, 
Well, I think we did a lot of work with like the inner child and feelings with that, that mm -hmm. I was really not in touch with and had no idea those feelings were kind of there and just, you know, deep rooted for years. So I think it was kind of um, a relief and a, you know, acknowledgement of those feelings and an understanding of maybe why they're there. So it's kind of, I would say again, freeing and just kind of, you know, like really feeling like you know yourself and that connection again. So I would say it's connection and just feeling deeper in of who you really are and the experiences you've had over your life and how that is with you and a part of you, even though you might try and block it out or not deal with it, it really is there. So I would say that's one I remember probably most vividly just because I didn't realize I was carrying that around. Yeah, and we, and we all do. I mean, it, it's it's our our history makes us, right? So like our past creates the patterns that we're now living in. And some of those patterns are amazing. So it could be that we've practiced heaps of basketball and we've got these incredible motor muscle memories for, you know, playing basketball. So sometimes what the patterns we're building every day are wonderful and we choose them and we, we're conscious about it. But some patterns keep us coming back to the same place of I'm not good enough, I don't belong, I need to prove myself, I need to strive for this. And, and, and we end up really living in fear patterns which are not conscious, we didn't choose them and they may have started really under the age of seven and they can start very, very, very young, which is all part of healthy human development. And arguably, individuating and becoming an adult means facing those fears and resetting them and re-choosing. And that really is a huge part of ideally adolescence, but often we're not getting that uh, mentoring anymore. So we kind of keep going through our adult lives and still doing what our boss says, doing what our parents say, doing what we think we should do. And we're not really taking ownership over our choices because we're no longer necessarily having those initiation processes or right to passage that support us to trust our instinct, to trust our body, to listen to our our inner guidance, which I think ideally would happen actually as teenagers. So that some of it's cultural, but yeah, it's really, it, it is really beautiful work going back to the inner child. So thanks for bringing that up. Sure. My other question for you, and then we might wrap up the call is what was your favorite tool? So, you know, when some of the um, beginning ones we use, but they're fully integral to the whole program would be like a, any form of body scan, which starts in the seven day program, of course. And there's healing, self-compassion hands and um, various other resources and tools in Rock City. What have been some of your favorite go-tos that are like your little first aid kit that you know you can always use if you're in a pickle and you're having a hard day? Have you got any kind of favorites? Um, you know, I really like the drum journey. I think that that one is um, really relaxing and kind of just let your mind wander and you, you kind of, you know, don't know what's going to come from it. So I think that that one's really um, helpful and something I'd never tried before. Um, so I liked that. And then I think again, just the, you know, the visualizing, if there's some kind of feeling that you don't like um, and putting a, a shape to it, a color and, you know, getting it out of your body and your mind um, that I was 
just shocked how powerful that was and yet how easy it is. Um, but I'd never, no one had ever taught me that before. So, yeah. Um, and so basically a, a huge part of recentering and healing is, um, it's very difficult to move away from good, bad, like, dislike, better, worse language. This is all judgmental language. Um, cause we grow up in a world that's completely judgmental. So everything's kind of ranked and categorized positive, negative, good, bad, better, worse. But actually part of what we're doing in the Rocksteady process and in the integrative neuroplasticity healing process is living a non-judgmental life, which means no matter what we're experiencing, we're like, oh, it's purple, it's round. It's So we're coming to this place of not labeling it anymore as good or bad or get rid of it or I want more of it. Because remember, even when we have a good day, you know, if we if we're addicted to good stuff, we end up craving anyway, and we end up on that path of addiction and pain and suffering. So it's not about wanting to get rid of symptoms and considering a good day when there are no symptoms. That just means we're stuck and we haven't learned anything actually. When we're truly healing, the brain does not even view our symptoms as symptoms anymore. They just become these random sensations which we don't place any value upon. We don't place any importance upon them. And we can recenter, reground. We can, as you say, we can describe it in very non judgmental language, which sounds much more childlike and artistic. And in that process, the brain can actually re-sort it. Re you can think about it as resetting the software or the algorithm in behind the scenes. And the reason the brain can do that is because we're no longer judging it. And so that, that uh, bonus audio you're talking about in Rocksteady is the opening up and listening within. And we just did a live group call uh, yesterday morning on emotions, which we covered this in detail. So that call replay we go through that a lot about what to do with emotions or sensations. And often we're so stuck in the story. We're so addicted to whatever it is we're running away from or running toward that we actually shoot ourselves in the foot and we can't do any emotional processing because we're so stuck in the mind, in the thoughts, in the story, in the beliefs. And so in that live group call, we really go deep into talking about, well, what's the alternative and how can we really drop the story process the feeling and liberate ourselves so we come very quickly back to center back to clarity back to grounding and you know back to that place of ease and peace which and love you know most of us just want to feel loved when it when you strip everything back mm -hmm. <laughs> we just want to stop trying so hard and we want to feel loved so um yeah i was talking before we started the call saying that you know we we have so many beautiful resources it's such a rich community um, and for those of you who are listening who are not yet a part of our community, there are oodles of free resources and I quite often will host free live group calls which people can join in and join the conversation. Um, so it's a really, a really big and welcoming group. So Carolyn, have you got any words of wisdom that you would say to yourself? If you could wind back the clock and talk to yourself a year ago, what would you potentially offer yourself what words of wisdom have you now grown to know well I think I just um know myself better mm -hmm. and I I'm really glad that I I took the leap and did the program because I, I really learned a lot and um you know I had been to counselors in the past and never really gotten much out of it but I really enjoyed the program and you know and then there's I can still go back to 
a lot of the, the band-aid helps um, and the tools that are available. So I just, I just think it's a, it's a great program and it's something that, you know, you can use for the rest of your life when you need them. So um, I just really appreciate all the help that you gave me and I highly recommend uh, your services. So I, again, I really appreciate it. You don't need to do that, but thank you. And so I'm just trying to decode. So if you could speak to Carolyn, would your message be like, keep going, trust yourself or stop outsourcing? Because, well, because I mean, my program is educational and it's, it's, it works. I mean, there's people all over the world getting amazing results. But at the end of the day, nobody needs my program. And I think it's really important to clarify that my program is not what heals people. It's the changes that happen in that process of learning about neuroplasticity and learning about our values and learning about taking our control back. It's a very inner self-development journey, um, which my program can facilitate for people who choose it. But, you know, if you were to decode that into like, what would be your, the wisdom you got out of this that you want to share to yourself back then? Do you think? I think just, uh, you know, to, to listen to what my body's telling me and not dismiss it. And it's not bad, even if maybe I don't like the symptoms. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is that even with symptoms you don't like, there's a reason behind it and there's no need to stress. And, you know, it's just a normal part of life and, you know, it's going to be okay. There's, you know, a solution to, to most things and you don't have to, you know, get to the fight or flight stage to learn how to deal with it. So doesn't have I think to just trying, <laughs> yeah, trying to just stay calm and know this won't last forever. And, you know, it's just my body talking to me and it talks to me in a lot of different ways. And it's part of, part of life. Yeah. What a gift too. It feels really nice. I know now that I'm experiencing pregnancy and I'm towards the end of it. It's, I mean, these skills have been amazing for nurturing my body and responding to all the changes so even beyond, you know, can often people will find this process through vertigo or tinnitus, but they will continue to listen to their body and continue to make choices and continue to use neuroplasticity well after symptoms have disappeared. Because mm -hmm. it is so supportive and so nourishing, regardless of what life throws at us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Great. Well, we wish you all the best. Thank you for sharing. And it's just... It sounds like you had really immediate results, but also you did put in the hard yards of committing to like a, a good six months of, of troubleshooting and working and delegating and rescheduling and canceling and deleting. And so I know you really did fine tune your life quite a lot over a long period of time. So um, congratulations, I think, for, for going that deeper place instead of just getting that quick immediate relief and thinking, oh, that's all I can do now. That's my limit. You actually really challenged yourself to go deeper and, and understand some of those root causes. So well done. Well, thank you. Thanks again for the help. Pleasure. So I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. You can visit my website. There are plenty of resources. There's free starter kits. There are, I've got the YouTube channel and I've got the podcast and there's also, of course, the seven day program and the Rocksteady program for those of you who are wanting to dive a little bit deeper and um, explore like Caroline, suge Caroline suggested. So visit seekingbalance.com.au. It's a bye for now. And I just want to say another thank you to Caroline.
Thank you.